Scott Branson here from Silver and Black tonight, Mightier 1090. Are you on your way to have a fun time in Las Vegas? Well, if for some crazy reason you get injured in either California or Nevada, what happens in Vegas doesn't need to stay in Vegas. Sam and Ash Injury Lawyers are the people's attorneys and experts in both states. People, choose the right lawyer. Sam and Ash have an impeccable track record, huge wins for accident victims, and always take your case all the way even across state lines. They care. They help you win. The ones to trust if hurt in any sort of accident, Sam and Ash Injury Law. That's 1-800-304-2000. That's 1-800-304-2000 or SamAndAshLaw.com. There's only one nation, Raider Nation. You're listening to Silver and Black tonight on the Mightier 1090. It is Friday, Raider Nation. Welcome back to Silver and Black tonight. Scott Branson, Mo Moten back with you here on the Mightier 1090. Southern Californian sports talk, local sports talk. Of course, we are the only, I said only, show devoted to you. Raider Nation talking Raiders football, Las Vegas Raiders football. Again, it is Scott. I bring in my partner, Mo Moten. Mo, how are you doing, man? You ready for the final dress rehearsal? I'm absolutely ready for the Arden Key Bowl. That's going to go down <laughs> with the Raiders. I'm sure he's ready. I know fans are ready because they've seen his tweets and his replies, I believe, on IG. So he's fired up. Raiders fans are fired up, and we're fired up, ready to go. That's right. It's going to be fun. Uh, and by the way, the only reason we're here, well, one of the only reasons, uh, besides Bill Hagen and Scott Kaplan, of course, from the Mighty 1090, is our great sponsor. And, of course, this show is brought to you by and powered by our good friends, Sam and Ash, the injury law firm. You can and also check out Sam and Ash. Make sure, because you know what? They care. They help you win. 1-800-304-2000 or SamAndAshLaw.com. Sam and Ash will be with us later in the show to talk about an NFL-related car wreck and injury. Uh, and I'm bringing on my lawyers. Yes, I have lawyers, Mo. Can you believe that? I have my own lawyers. We both need our own lawyers. Everyone <laughs> needs their own lawyer. If you don't get one, Sam and Ash. That's just, right. They you know, have, just in case. That's just right. in you, case. You, you don't know what's going to happen. So that's uh, that's exactly why we have Sam and Ash around. So thank you to them for doing that. Uh, but let's run down what we're going to have on the show today. Mo, we're going to start off with real quickly, we're going to recap, of course, the Raiders held on to beat the Rams last week in Los Angeles, 17 to 16, and not very exciting game, but a gentleman by the name of Nate Hobbs, a kid out of Illinois, fifth round draft pick, had a great game. We're going to hear a Raiders recap from our correspondent, Yes, we have correspondents. David Stepanian, longtime correspondent here at Silver and Black tonight, but also at VegasSportsToday.com, the site you want to visit if you want to know about Vegas sports. Uh, so David will have that for us here coming up. Then Mo and I are going to talk about Raiders injuries, roster moves, and other news related to the team this week and what happened leading up to this weekend's game against the 49ers in San Francisco. Uh, uh, excuse me, Santa Clara. <laughs> at Levi's Stadium, which turf looks terrible, by the way. So we're going to talk about that one. And then we're going to address something. Mo created a buzz, right, Mo? You always do because you're such a damn good writer. 
Uh, or people just hate my opinions. <laughs> well, food opinions. <laughs> well, food opinions. We'll have to talk about that a different time. But Mo <laughs> dropped his latest piece, one of his latest pieces, up on Bleacher Report uh, about rating the quarterbacks in the NFL, the starting quarterbacks in the NFL. So we're going to go through that a little bit and talk about where a one Mister Derek Carr ranked. Some Raider fans said, "Okay, yeah, that's about right." Other Raider fans were like, "No, no, he needs to be higher." And other Raider fans like, "He sucks," which is just how it always works. So we're going to talk about Mo's piece there. If you haven't read it yet, I recommend you go check it out up on Bleacher Report. Also, follow Mo on Twitter at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N, Mo Moten. You can follow me as well at LV Goalie. We tweet during the show as well as following Mightier 1090 and, of course, Silver and Black tonight on Twitter. But, Mo, let's start in, and we're going to real quickly, we're going to get a recap. David Stepanian, our correspondent, was at the game at SoFi Stadium, and he files this Raiders recap. Raider Nation hit SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles for the first time, and fans were treated to a preseason matchup full of exciting plays. It all started with Trey Regis in the first quarter, punching the ball in to give the Silver and Black an early 7-0 lead. The celebrating was cut short, however, as early in the second quarter, Nathan Peterman was picked off by J.R. Reed to set up an ensuing Rams touchdown. Nate Hobbs was the star of the game for the Raiders as he picked off Bryce Perkins, which led to Daniel Carlson booting a 29-yarder to tie the game at 10 in the third. Early in the fourth quarter, with the Raiders maintaining possession, Peterman slinged the ball to Marcel Aitman for a 23-yard touchdown that gave them a 17-10 lead. Second and six, Peterman again. Out of the shotgun. Here comes Gervas, and here goes Peterman down the sideline. That's a touchdown, Marcel Aitman. The Rams wouldn't go quietly, however, as Bryce Perkins drove the ball 78 yards down the field, which ended with a touchdown to tight end Jacob Harris, with less than 20 ticks left on the clock. Down 17-16, the Rams opted to go for the kill on a two-point conversion, but Perkins overthrew Harris on the go-ahead play, sealing the win for the Silver and Black. After the game, Gruden had this to say. I just like the way they compete. You know, we're playing a lot of different guys. Some guys are... Um, playing a little bit more, I think, than they ever expected to play in the first two preseason games. I like our grit. I think we got some tough guys. I thought Peterman was victimized a couple times with the tipped interceptions, but I like the way he competes, runs around, and um, I just like the energy on our sideline. Our young people have, have gotten better and found a way to win two football games, no matter what the stakes are. The Raiders will end their preseason against the 49ers on the road this Sunday. For Silver and Black Today, I'm David Stepanian. And Mo, what about this game? Anything jump out at you? First of all, number one, and he touched on it there in, in the recap, and that was the play of Nate Hobbs, which was the story to me coming out of it, the positive story, if you will. There were others as well. But what about Nate Hobbs? We're going to talk to Levi Edwards from Raiders.com uh, in the next segment about this as well. He's our guest today. Is he the real deal? Is this guy going to start? It's hard to say if he's the real deal because he's got to play it down. Of course, he's a rookie. But I believe he will start, as everyone now knows. Nevin Lawson will be out the first two games due to suspension. So I believe Nate Hobbs pretty much sewed it up for himself uh, to start the first two, first two weeks of the season. But you got to look at his coverage and being able to run fit. And I think a lot of people pay so much attention to interceptions and pass breakups. Mm-hmm. But as a nickelback, as a slot cornerback, you have to be able to come downhill and make some tackles as well. And he did that. Uh, four attack 
Echoes one for a loss in, in that uh, week two game against the Rams. Yeah, and that's to me, that's the impressive piece of it, Mo. And I'm glad you said it the way you did was because people are getting, okay, yeah, he had the interception. Uh, he went up and got it. And, and sure enough, I mean, it was a beautiful play. If you didn't see the play I'm talking about, um, then you didn't watch highlights of the game because it was probably the highlight of the game. But nonetheless, Nate Hobbs, he can climb the ladder. He can go get the ball. Great. But as you said, in coverage and watching how he played and his his ability to tackle, because that's where we've seen problems with Damon Arnett, right? Damon Arnett has had good coverage uh, at times, but then has missed tackles. It cost the Raiders dearly several times last year, and we've even seen that some uh, in uh, in this preseason. So when you're talking about a cornerback, and even though they play different positions I know the fact that you you have to be able to tackle they mentioned this last year as a a point of emphasis actually even LaMarcus Joyner the former slot cornerback talked about how they had to do a better job of tackling and of course they didn't but now you see a kid like this who's really hungry and you're right Mo he's got to go out and prove it especially over time especially in the regular season but you got to like that maybe just maybe the Raiders instead of trying to outsmart everybody they just got a kid a little bit later who wants it enough that he's going to come out and do well. Absolutely. And I think it's very interesting that he was able to make the transition because he played outside, I believe, in the collegiate level. So yep. being able to come inside, that was a problem for Amik Robertson, I know. I know he didn't have a full off season last year, but that was an issue with Amik. It was, can he transition inside and outside and inside? A lot of people overlook that aspect, but playing boundary cornerback and playing slot cornerback are two, I wouldn't say two entirely different positions, but they have different roles, different responsibilities. So kudos to Nate Hobbs for being able to show out during the preseason. Right. And this Rams game too again was the Nate Peterman show did not look as good as he did in previous games or excuse me the previous game and in camp but certainly uh, not a surprise there as the number three quarterback we were surprised a little bit Marcus Mariota did not play there he had suited up people thought he might play there was reports that he might play but at the end of the day John Gruden again and this dovetails into our next conversation mode which is about injuries and depth on this Raiders team on both sides of the ball now we found out of course Richie and Incognito still hurt. You have been beating the drum on the fact that, hey, when Richie Incognito plays, he's great, but he has not played a lot in his Raiders career over the last couple years uh, due to injury. Then you have the uh, the injuries to Nicholas Morrow at linebacker. You have the injuries to Javen White, uh, which was just a terrible one because the kid had played so well and really, I thought, earned a roster spot um, with this team. And suddenly, Mo, the Raiders, who seem to go unscathed during OTAs and camp, now find themselves looking around thinking to themselves wow we don't have much depth in some key positions yeah absolutely in the incognito situation i know they're saying it's a calf strain which doesn't seem like a major issue but last september when he had that achilles injury initially wasn't reported as serious by jeremy file of espn so you always have to wait for the good news before you breathe a sigh of relief with these injuries you never know what they could turn into especially in incognito's age i always said that john Simpson was going to play one way or another whether it be right or left guard thankfully he looked pretty good in that preseason matchup against the rams so pretty confident in him to step in if he needs to and week one if Incognito can't go. So that's the positive part of it. As far as the linebackers are concerned, Devon Diablo, I believe, was back at practice today. So that's a good sign, him getting some reps. He'll probably play in that 49ers game. You mentioned the two linebackers going down, Javen White and Nick Morrow. He's probably going to have to step up. Diablo is and play some snaps possibly on the back end of that roster. Yeah, and that's a, that's a lot of pressure for a kid who, like you said, coming off an injury, getting ready for this weekend's game. And I know they like him a lot, but again, he hasn't played played a lot, hasn't gotten any reps, and now you're a week and a half away from the start of 
of the season, and he might get significant snaps because they need bodies. And I'll tell you what, Mo, this really hurt, I think, because not only Nicholas Mara, we've seen his ascension on this roster, right? We've seen this guy work and work and get better. And then we saw Javen White. We saw flashes, especially in these two preseason games prior to this weekend's game against San Francisco, where we saw Javen White do what we thought he might be capable of, which was develop into that hybrid linebacker who can drop back. He has the speed to go back in coverage and make up ground. In the Ram game, he made a couple really nice plays before the injury, and I think that speed was exciting, and especially in Gus Bradley's system, and now you lose that little bit, uh, and we just don't know what we're going to get with Diablo. Absolutely, and you mentioned it, that speed. That's what Gus Bradley has harped on a lot this offseason, the speed at the linebacker position. You hate to lose it. Uh, Nick Wachowski, not as fast. I believe he ran a 4-7 coming out of West Virginia, so he doesn't have the speed, but he does have the experience. He played a lot of games uh, last year. I believe he missed only four. Had a solid year, so I wouldn't worry too much about that middle linebacker position. And, of course, your favorite draft pick from the, <laughs> the last year's draft, Tanner Muse. He oh. can get some run, and he has the athleticism. I believe he ran a 4 for coming out of Clemson, so maybe we see him play a little bit more with uh, Nick Morrow and Javon White going down. Well, and I think you're right. It, it offers opportunity for a guy like him, right? And and he has played. I mean, look, the Rams game, uh, Tanner Muse really impressed me in some of those areas. He made a couple nice tackles, uh, some tackles for losses, getting in on some quarterback action there, too, as his snaps went up. So I, I've always said it, Mo. Like, look, I, if I'm wrong about Tanner Muse, great, then I, <laughs> I, I'm totally fine with being wrong, because that means the Raiders have a better player, and that's going to help them but overall uh it's a concern just overall depth now that offensive line we still don't know a lot about that offensive line because the whole unit has not played together number one then you take out incognito and then you look at some of the other question marks and you're you're like boy you know do they have three weeks to dial it in on the offensive line before they all gel together i think the answer is no they got to figure it out now because this schedule is tough for the raiders once they get past this preseason and they open up against baltimore on monday night Listen, it's not easy. It's going to be tough, and they're going to have to be game ready uh, and I think playing their A game all the way around if they want to start off quickly this season. But you know what? The one guy we haven't mentioned yet that puts a lot of pressure on him, Corey Littleton. Yes. He has to be the pro bowler they expected him to be when he came from the Rams. He has to step up and be their best linebacker because now you got a couple of guys down. You may have an inexperience there with Tanner Muse. If he has to play more snaps, maybe Devon Diablo, if he has to play more snaps, Corey Littleton has to be the standout player they hoped he could be. He does, and we'll keep a close eye on that. And, of course, uh, as we head into the regular season, as we get past this game on Sunday, against the 49ers we will explore that and we'll get final roster cuts coming up and and and, uh, a lot of I I would imagine movement on this Raiders roster okay Mo for the rest of this segment before we hit the break I want to talk about the piece that you ran on Bleach Report this week earlier uh, on Wednesday this ran so if you missed it on Wednesday go back and read it you rated the NFL's quarterback and we're just going to start at number 13 because that's we're a Raiders show right so in your ranking from 1 to 32, you ranked Derek Carr number 13, just ahead of... Just ahead of Kirk Cousins, who <laughs> a lot of people have Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins love together. He's just ahead of Kirk Cousins. I feel I felt good about that. That wasn't like a, a maybe you could flip-flop him. I, I, I feel like Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr are very similar, but I mm. believe Carr's improvement in his mobility, being able to make 
throws off platform and improvisational skills outside of the pocket. I believe that helped me put him over Kirk Cousins very decisively, and I didn't think twice about it. No, and that 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 to me makes a lot of sense. Now, what what's been the reaction? I mean, I've been watching some of it. I've been collecting some of it uh, for some future fun. Uh, but when you look at the situation and you look at how you rank these quarterbacks, number one, Mo, tell everybody when you decided or when you got this assignment, you sat down to write this piece and look at these quarterbacks objectively like you do the rest of the league. Um, what did you decide? How, what was the deciding factor on how you rank them and where they slotted in? Oh, yeah, that's the big question because even before, I'll, I'll just tell you a quick story. But before I even put the piece out, I told people, read the introduction because the <laughs> rankings will make sense. If you read the introduction, because I know the first thing people do is like, okay, where's the quarterback that I like? Where's he ranked? That's all they care about. But they don't see what goes into the context of the article. And the way I rank these quarterbacks is basically what have they done in the past two to three years? Because no one cares what you did in 2015, right? No one cares what you did, you know, a half a decade ago, 10 years ago. What did you do in the last two to three years? And where do I see that quarterback or how do I see him performing this year? Not long term, not who's the better long term choice, but just 2021. Who's going to have come out with the better stats, better numbers, major impact on their team's wins and losses. So that's how I kind of differentiated. And as I got to the top five, you know, it came down to accolades, you know, all pro seasons, league mm-hmm. MVPs, things of that nature. But if we're talking specifically about Carr and that 10 to 15, range I did also weigh traits and I just spoke about Derek Carr's mobility being a plus for him but I also looked at things like aggressiveness and Derek Carr has been a mixed bag what well, was a mixed bag in that situation in that in that perspective last season where yes he did push the ball down the field and we saw it against the Kansas City Chiefs we saw it against against the New Orleans Saints, but there are times where he still settles for the check down. He could have a big play, and I think that's what holds the Raiders' offense up sometimes, especially in the red zone. The Raiders have had issues punching the ball in for six points, and I think part of that is on Carr sometimes being not being as decisive as he is between the 20s, and some of that is on Gruden. He's got to be able to sometimes keep his foot on the pedal, and I think Carr and Gruden together, if they're both more aggressive, the Raiders will score more uh, six points. They'll get six points more than they do three instead of four field goal in crucial situations. Yeah, no, I agree, Mo. And I think that when you look at Carr, too, people people get negative. They get defensive when you say, you know, Carr is that second-tier quarterback. That's not that's not a put-down. I mean, you have him at 13. You have him uh, just behind Matthew Stafford of the Rams and behind two behind Justin Herbert. I know that, and people hate that because it's the Chargers. But Justin Herbert had a great year last year. I saw you go back and forth with some people on Twitter about that. And the Kyler Murray thing we'll have to discuss another time because I actually agree with you on Kyler Murray. Uh, but nonetheless, I do think that you look at Derek Carr and you say, yes, can the Raiders win with Derek Carr? Absolutely. Derek Carr's a very good quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just look at the rankings really quick. I have Jimmy Garoppolo ranked 26. He right. was in the Super Bowl two years ago. <laughs> you know, it, it, it just goes to show, like, if you have a, a support, a strong supporting cast, you can go to the Super Bowl with a, even a mediocre subpar quarterback. And a car, and if I believe the Raiders' defense steps up and Ruggs and Edwards uh, develop in their second year, the Raiders can make a can make a run. I'm not saying Super Bowl ready, but they can make the playoffs if they if they get some development going. No, and, and I think the other thing, too, is here is, is to – 
look, uh, winning cures all ills. It always does. And so Derek Carr uh, has great numbers. So does Matthew Stafford. That's why we, and so does Kirk Cousins. Like where you had him ranked to me and I I cleared my mind before I read your piece. I kind of raced everything that I thought and I'm like, okay, let me see the justification here. And sure enough, when I looked at the list, I was like, okay, yeah, I might differ a couple guys in the lower in the list and higher in the list by a spot. But overall, I couldn't argue with any of it. And I think it was dead on. And I think it's exactly where he is. He's at number 10 to 13 quarterback. And if he can win, if he wins two Super Bowls over the next two years, okay, maybe I'll change my mind and put him in the top six. But that's that's got to happen first. So uh, if you've missed that piece, make sure you go check it out. Seriously, it is worth your time. There's nobody better at researching and, and laying out the arguments than Mo Moten. And this is on everybody, including Derek Carr. And the points he makes there, I don't see how anybody can argue with him. But uh, you should go check it out. All right, Mo. Really quick. Yeah, really go. Really quick, go, Scott. Just go. quick shout out to Big O206509. Claim your prize from DC oh, for yeah. Custom Tees. You guessed right on the Derek Carr ranking. He was 13th. He was actually the first reply. I was thinking, was this guy in my window <laughs> as I was typing this up? But he was dead on with that with the first reply. So congrats to him. Claim your prize, bro. All right. Congrats to you. All right. We're going to take our first break here on the Mitre 1090. This is Silver and Black tonight. Mo Moten, Scott Branson with you. Brought to you by our friends Sam and Ash, SamandAshLaw.com. We'll be back right after this. Don't go anywhere, Raider Nation. We will be right back with Silver and Black tonight on the Mightier 1090 SoCal Sports Talk. Raider Nation, are you looking for an independent news source covering the Raiders in Las Vegas? Check out the only site that's been doing it for the past four years, VegasSportsToday.com. With in-depth daily coverage of the Raiders and news and opinions from a stable of talented writers, VegasSportsToday.com is your independent source for news out of the capital of Raider Nation, Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, and by the way, we cover all Vegas sports, including boxing, UFC, esports, and the hottest ticket in the NHL, the Vegas Golden Knights. Get on your phone now and check out VegasSportsToday.com, your independent source for Raiders news. No corporate BS, just pure Raider Nation. That's VegasSportsToday.com. All right, well, let me take a minute here to tell you about our friend Sam and Ash. Did you know that 90% of the people that get into an accident don't realize that they have rights, justice to be served, and free access to great lawyers? Call Sam and Ash Injury Law at 1-800-304-2000. So much more goes into choosing the right lawyer. The details matter. Sam and Ash Injury Lawyers, more expertise and more caring. It's Sam and Ash Injury Law. Save this number, 1-800-304-2000. LA's very own 1-800-304-2000 or salmonashlaw.com because you deserve what's right. Now, back to Scott and Moe on Silver and Black tonight on the Mightier 1090 AM. All right, it's a Friday night. This is Silver and Black tonight. Mo Moten, Scott Branson here with you talking Raiders football on the air from Baja to the Canadian Rockies. Hat tip to my man, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton, who coined that phrase uh, here on the Mightier 1090. This is Silver and Black tonight, the only Southern California all Raider talk show. We appreciate you being with here. And Mo, you know, we talked about before the break your quarterback rankings and the Raiders 
Rodgers and and Derek Carr. I thought this offseason we had the least amount of Derek Carr talk. And and we also saw a quick story that I just want to touch on very quickly. Mo, we saw in The Athletic this week uh, a story about agents, right? These, these secret little um, non, or I should say anonymous agent quotes about questions. The Athletic asked them questions about specific personalities in the NFL. And how, who do you think they ask questions about? Oh, wait. John Gruden? Of course they ask questions about John Gruden, right? And the questions were interesting, and you called this out because some of them I think were completely unfair and ridiculous. Others I think were honestly the truth. And and a lot of Raider fans don't want to accept that you are they picking on us and all that. Look, you haven't won squat in a long time, and so that's the way it goes. But some of these, here's here's a couple of these quotes, Mo. It's a disaster. The game has passed Gruden by considerably in terms of an ingenuity, and having him full control is problematic. I don't agree with all that. I think that's not actually true. Quote, that's a little harsh. Yeah, it's it's harsh, and it's like, I don't know that the game's passed him by at all. Uh, then, uh, quote, John has time, but, but Mike Mayock and Derek Carr could be on the hot seat. The Derek Carr piece, yes, but not for the reason. Then you have... Um, I never thought Gruden was a great coach, overrated. He won a Super Bowl with Tony Dungy's players in Tampa and then ran the situation into the ground. Other Raiders draft, drafts are weird. <laughs> but the one that you took most issue with, and I agree 100%, it says, quote, I think John is working hard at it. He might have a QB he doesn't really want. He needs to get some wins, but people jumping on the anti-Gruden bandwagon are early. So, Mo. He's had every opportunity to go get another quarterback in four years, and he hasn't done it. So how can this person say he has a quarterback he doesn't really want? It's one of those tired narratives that you just can't get rid of. I almost blew a gasket when I read that. <laughs> because if, you, if you've if paid any attention to the Raiders, just, just in the offseason, you'd know, one, as you said, he hasn't drafted a quarterback in four years. And even when he got a vet quarterback, he got Nathan Peterman, who has zero chance of taking Carr's job. Marcus Mariota was considered a rehabilitation project coming off some injuries. So neither neither veteran quarterback had a chance to take Derek Carr's job. Derek Carr has been pretty comfortable in his starting position, and Gruden seems to be happy with what he has in Carr right now. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think that is... Look, these are from agents, by the way. People are like, what are these executives? No, no, they're agents. It's different. And and I, I think it's a worthy exercise, even though it's all anonymous, because agents will tell you, but now agents also have their own agenda. <laughs> so if it's Arden Key's agent, you talked about Arden Key in the San Francisco game this weekend, then of course he's going to say something negative versus somebody like... Derek Carr's agent or somebody like Hunter Renfro's agent, right? They're going to say something different. And so uh, it's a very interesting piece. If you subscribe to The Athletic, I suggest you go read it. But uh, yeah, some, some, a mixed bag there of truth and I think just a lot of poppycock anyway. So we'll have to see how that all ends out. But, but Derek Carr, look, if John wanted to get rid of him, he would have already gotten rid of him because he's the guy in charge. He's making all the calls and certainly he has not done that. All right, we spoke about injuries with the Raiders earlier in the show, Mo and I did, but now I'm here with my legal team, Sam and Ash Injury Law, because you deserve what's right. 1-800-304-2000 or samandashlaw.com. Personal injury attorneys crossing state lines from California to Nevada, traveling out of LA to Vegas or Vegas back into LA. Uh, Sam and Ash Injury Law are the lawyers you need if you're hurt in an accident. Now I welcome in Sam Mayorofsky and Ashley Watkins. Sam and Ash, guys, how are you today? <laughs> We're great. How are you, Scott? We're good. We're fired up for this uh, new show. We appreciate you being with us, talking to all of, of course, California. 
California and Nevada. Listen, I saw an interesting article that made me think of you guys in the news um, about the Detroit Lions player who was just recently cut. So I guess uh, karma does come around. But uh, Alex Brown, who's a defensive back for the Lions, drunk driving, caused an accident. He was in the car with a teammate of his, uh, which is Charlie Tamopea. It's one of those uh, Polynesian names, so excuse me if I don't get it right, but uh, who was hurt. They had to jaw of life, get him out of there. He's on the injured list. He cannot play. Uh, They're now going through the legal process, the criminal process with Brown. But my question for you guys is, you know, we, we ride with people we know whether they're intoxicated or not. Of course, we don't want to ride with people who are intoxicated. We don't want people who are intoxicated to drive. But if you're in an injury accident with somebody that you know, a friend or otherwise, uh, what are some of the things you got to think about? Just like this this poor player now who's lost his career. Yeah, so uh, sometimes we know if somebody's been drinking because we've went out drinking with them, right? right? And so there's... In those cases, there's always an argument to be made if you're if you're suing them later for injuries that you, uh, you, you know, you were aware uh, that you had um, you were on notice, right? That they had some uh, some amount of an inebriation you shouldn't have gotten in the car with them. Uh, but here we, we don't know enough about what happened the night before. Certainly, um, the the driver made a terrible uh, decision to get behind the wheel and drive caused the accident now is in a world of legal trouble and certainly and put another player right out of out of commission from being able to to play for his team and perform under his contract yeah and ashley i mean for you guys too when you're dealing with these injury crashes and someone who's a passenger uh who might not or obviously wasn't responsible for driving the car um gets injured not only do you need to take care of them uh, with their injuries but what about the future what if it prevents you from doing your job Yeah, absolutely. So future earnings and lost wages, those are definitely things that you will pursue and um, try and get recovered throughout a claims process. But as a passenger, whether you're a pro football player or not, if you're hurt in an accident, you want to get a lawyer involved so that they can help represent you in that process and make sure that you get compensated for those lost wages and your future earnings. And they can, you know, bring in experts to figure out how much money that actually could have been. You don't want to fight that fight alone. Yeah, no doubt about it. And that's that's to me the, the issue here is, look, yes, you, of course, you think about the short term of getting to the hospital, getting healthy, making sure that you're physically OK. But then if it prevents you from doing what you do for a living down down the road, you got big issues and you don't want to go that alone. I mean, that's the thing, too. You mentioned, Ash, was the fact that, look, you know, some people it's a friend. You don't want to sue a friend. Right. But uh, you have to kind of put that aside, don't you, when you're in a situation like this? Yeah, it's always uh, it's it's touchy, you know, when it's a friend driving or even a family member. Um, but Sam and I handle these cases all the time. We understand those dynamics and, and we go in and we make sure that we're not creating a mountain out of a molehill. You know, we're not taking a sledgehammer where we just need a surgical knife. And, and we help maintain those relationships throughout this process. Because if you're hurt, you're entitled to a recovery regardless of the relationship between you and the person that caused your injuries. No doubt about it. Now, guys, we are, this is coming up uh, Sunday, the last preseason game for the Raiders. And then it's the regular season. Are you guys uh, getting ready for your first Sunday of NFL football? And what are you going to do? Oh, man, I'm polishing my spiked uh, shoulder pads (laughs) as we speak, Scott. I'm, I'm ready. 
and some for Rocky. You know, the oh Nash yes, got her her dog uh, Rocky the Dachshund, and he's uh, I think he's got some spikes too. But they're just to keep the coyotes away. <laughs> <laughs> Good. He's a smart dog. That's why he is the CEO at Sam and Ash Law Injury Law. So that makes sense. Uh, and if you don't know who Rocky is, you're missing out. Uh, follow him on Instagram as well. Sam and Ash, uh, I appreciate it. You've heard it here first from my legal team. They care. They help you win because you deserve what's right. Sam and Ash Injury Law one. 800-304-2000 or go to samandashlaw.com. Sam Ash, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds great, Scott. Thanks, Scott. Have a great week. All right, we go on the Newsmaker line and we bring in our good friend, Mr. Schmedium himself, Mr. Levi Edwards from Raiders.com. Can you explain what a Schmedium is and what Mo has to do with the word Schmedium? A Schmedium could be uh, presented in a couple of ways. A Schmedium is kind of a, a difference between a, 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 a small and a, a medium or someone that's uh, wearing something that's uh, a little too small, you know, for their frame. Uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, even when I'm wearing extra large shirts, uh, it, it looks like it's just medium. But uh, I, I feel like that's more and more of a problem with the shirt company. And, uh, I agree, man. Hey, I was going to say, Levi, that's not that's not you wearing a shirt too small. That's just you're, you're a well-built young man and that's just how it goes that's just how it goes that's right levi tell the truth levi you're the emergency raiders linebacker just in case (laughs) you're short on game day you can just tell us right now if that's the truth i can't i I can't help it you know i can't tell tommy hill figure to make uh make shirts a little bigger you know i just gotta gotta go with the punches that's absolutely right, man. I thought it was good. Your video, your the social content, make sure you follow also Levi on Twitter because he's got some great content from the Raiders and you got to read his stuff up on Raiders.com. Always insightful, good stuff. Levi, let's start with the state of this team too as far as some of the injuries. You know, that's what's concerned me a little bit. Mo and I were talking about it earlier in the show. Obviously, the linebacker room, uh, which is why Mo mentioned you being a, a, maybe an emergency linebacker. Nick Morrow, of course, Javen White, the injury last week. Talk a little bit about that unit it gives maybe another opportunity for tanner muse who people have been talking about during this camp how do you see that group fitting out and what are they going to do to be ready for baltimore come week one well the thing about the linebacking core uh when you look top down on the roster going into training camp it was already i wouldn't say the most shallow at depth but i would definitely say it was the most unproven uh, group of guys on the team and of course people will talk about the offensive line being unproven but at least those guys you know are proven on the team you know this mm-hmm. linebacking core is kind of a little shallow and so now it's even more shallow because you have uh, Javen who actually has been having a, a really phenomenal preseason and then he goes down and then you have Morrow who's supposed to be in my opinion one of the, the big guys if you know and even potentially be a captain on this team and then he goes down and so uh, I'm, it, no one really knows how long they'll be down but uh, at the same time it, it, like you said it's a next man up mentality and that team definitely has that and so the two guys that I'm really looking forward to really need to step up and really be about it is Tanner Muse and Devon Diablo uh, those are two guys that have experience uh, being able to get after the quarterback and stop the run and also they're really fast guys they both were like 4-4 guys and so they can definitely cover as well and it's also very interesting because they're both 
safety converted over to linebacker. So you have two guys that are like playing a different position that they aren't even accustomed to playing and they're expected to make this transition over and then step in and play big snaps for guys that are hurt. So it's definitely going to be intriguing. I like what I'm seeing out of Hughes and Diablo is still a little unproven to me, but he's an athlete. That's all I can tell you about Diablo is he's an athlete. Um, very fast, very physical. So it's, it'll be very interesting to see how they translate and the Raiders are definitely going to 100% need them, especially even with uh, Darren Lee, another guy that... Uh, wasn't mentioned he's out as well so it's really imperative that they step up just sticking with that defense uh levi with nate hobbs you were one of the first guys who said he caught your eye he was going to be a playmaker and i'm paraphrasing that but what stood out to you about hobbs at practice there's something was a specific day that he made a play or an interception or a pass breakup what stood out to you about him early before he started making plays during the preseason there's a lot of things that actually kind of stood out to me about Nate. Um, for starters, is his body shape. Um, when I saw his highlights at Illinois, he looked a little a little slender. And then just out of nowhere, uh, he comes to Las Vegas, and he looks a lot bigger. So uh, I don't know what could have happened between uh, Illinois and Las Vegas, but he definitely looks like he put on muscle for starters. So you see him, and he's like, you know, still the same guy, but he definitely looks like he added a little bit more physicality. And uh, what I've really noticed is just he loves to be physical, and he, he knows what he's doing. You know what I mean? Where when you're a young cornerback you're of course you're going to be athletic and of course you're going to make mistakes and you're going to get beat you know it's just give or take in this league depending on who you're going up against but Nate Hobbs always makes he always has found a way to me throughout training camp to be at the right place at the right time and get to the ball whether he can make a play on it or not he always knows where he's supposed to be he's very physical and that's what really stood out to me throughout training camp and he was one of these guys where going into going into training camp and going into the preseason I was all hyped up on uh, Trayvon I was all hyped up on Tyree Gillespie so for Nate Hobbs to be doing what he's doing I feel like it's taken a lot of people off guard including myself and including people in the organization because he's definitely been playing above and beyond what a lot of people expected him but I've seen it all throughout training camp of him just really being confident and knowing what he's doing and being convicted in what he's doing yeah. in the field. and Levi that's what I was going to say again we're speaking to Levi Edwards from Raiders.com gifted writer there uh, also does some great social media stuff if you follow the Raiders you'll know who Levi is and he's a guest here with us on Silver and Black tonight on the Mightier 1090 and Levi that presence that he has to me something I noticed right away one of the things too we look back to the Rams game and the offensive line uh, struggled again we talked about injury with Richie Incognito we talked about some guys some of the struggling is just getting used to one another and having half that line look half the line's not playing the starters aren't in there yet Um, but when you look at this offensive line going into this game Sunday against the 49ers Levi what do we need to see from those guys over week one and two going into three Three before we get to that regular season and feel good maybe about where they're at heading into the game against uh, Baltimore on Monday night? I feel like you'll see a lot more physicality out of those guys uh, going into going into Sunday's game just strictly for the purpose of being that they're all fighting for jobs. Mm-hmm. Where you already have your starting offensive line pretty set in stone. Of course, uh, I 
was talking to Gruden and he wants to see a little bit more out of Leatherwood and he even his spot is still up for debate and uh, even though he was brought in with the first round pick and he has been looking pretty good Brandon Parker a guy who's like on his toes for that spot and even John Simpson right now he's a guy who's on Richie's toes for that spot or Denzel's spot you know John Simpson he's, he's looking pretty good so I really just think that a lot of those young guys they're just going to play very hungry they're going to play very desperate because a lot of those guys especially with 53 men around the corner they're fighting for jobs and I feel that their play will definitely be evident of that. Levi, just stepping in on, on your Raiders.com piece, your feature piece on Alex Leatherwood, which is a very, very, very good piece. And I just wanted to talk to you about his, his background. And I know you wrote about he didn't transfer from his high school, Booker T. Washington, after some disappointing seasons. He decided to stay and be a leader. And me and Scott talk about the Raiders need guys like that in the locker room. Do you feel as if that character intangible was that maybe a sticking point for the Raiders? As we know, Mike Mayock loves his character, guys. Was, do you think that was a sticking point while the Raiders had him over guys like maybe a Tevin Jenkins who's out with the back injury now, who's who's uh, maybe over a Christian Derisaw? Do you think that was what vaulted him off the board? Because a lot of people didn't have have led the wood going to the Raiders at that position. Well, there's a couple of things that I feel like they were looking for in Leatherwood being that pick, as well as a lot of their other picks that they made as well. And first and foremost, it's leadership because you look at all those draft picks, and I believe all of them, or at least the majority of those draft picks, were all team captains at some point on their team. And so they have that leadership quality. No plug and play in a way. Mike Mayock and this team, they wanted guys who were going to be able to play and play often. And I can't think of a game that Alex Leatherwood's missed in the past three seasons. And he stayed healthy. And even the guys that you're talking about, where you're saying, oh, Leatherwood is a reach. Leatherwood is still playing. He's still healthy. And no disrespect to Christian Derrishaw or Tevin Jenkins, but they're hurt. And so it, it proves that consistency and being able to be durable and be in shape matters. And I feel like they, those are two things that they were looking for when they got Leatherwood. He's proven that so far during training camp. Yeah, he has. Levi Edwards from Raiders.com. Levi, as always, Mo and I appreciate you coming on, and we'll talk to you down the road for sure. Most definitely. Thank you. Thank you, guys, uh, and especially for, uh, you know, gassing up my work. You know, I feel like it's, it's okay. You know, you guys were kind of putting it a little over before, but uh, you know what? I appreciate <laughs> all of it, man. I'm just uh, humbly trying to be about my business. Yeah, and, and Mo, Mo's, appreciate it, Levi. Mo's working on a new line of Levi Edwards clothing, so he'll, he'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> Okay, well, you know, uh, husky, uh, husky, uh, big and short. I'm a that that's you know, I'm not big and tall. I'm big and short. So if you can just make a husky, big and short line for me, I'd really appreciate it. <laughs> there you go. Levi. I'll relay that to the designers and get you on that one, Levi. Uh, the there I you go. It. Make sure you follow Levi the Levi Edwards on Twitter as always. Also, don't forget to check out VegasSportsToday.com. Your latest Raiders news. Also, news from around Las Vegas sports, including boxing, UFC, esports, my man Tom Viola. Don't forget, also, read Mo's work up on Bleacher Report as well. Follow him on Twitter at Mo Moton, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. And follow me on Twitter at LV Gully. Mo, another week in the bag. We get to talk about regular season football, roster cuts, and all that time next time. I'm looking forward to that. We get to break down fresh reactions to the final roster. Where are the Raiders weak? Where are they strong? And then we'll break down that first week component because because everyone's waiting for that Baltimore Ravens game 
in Las Vegas. Yes, absolutely. I can't wait for the start of the season. And don't forget that uh, Silver and Black tonight brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. They care. They help you win. Call them 1-800-304-2000 or samandashlaw.com. Thanks to you for listening to Silver and Black tonight here on the Mightier 1090. We will talk to you next week, Raider Nation. Thank you for joining us. Please catch Silver and Black tonight, every Friday at 6 p.m. on the Mightier 1090 AM. SoCal Sports Talk.